Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Fabulous Pelton Cast. I'm your co-host, Kevin Pelton. And I'm Tristan Carcino. And the University of Washington is headed to the Big Ten. All of Tristan's time paying attention to conference realignment has finally come to, I don't know if I want to say culmination, because there's plenty more rounds to come of conference realignment, but we have an answer for the moment as UW and Oregon are following USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. And ultimately, first and foremost, I think this is a sad day. Uh, UW leaving a conference that they've been in in some form or another for a hundred years leaving rivals that they've played against that many times or more in every sport. Ultimately, this is a football conversation primarily, but this is a sad conversation, not just for the history of it, but also for Washington State and Oregon State, uh, the two schools who, if you're looking at the writing on the wall, whose football programs and athletic departments are going to change considerably after this uh, with these schools and the schools in LA, the four corner schools leaving, the Pac-10 or Pac-whatever may cease to exist. It may look different, maybe something completely different unto itself. They might be in the Mountain West. We have no idea. And those rivalries and that history and those schools and those programs that we hated but we loved through that time period, it is, it's a very, very sad day for people who have friends and family members who attended those organizations or those institutions and not not guaranteeing that we'll be able to play them every year. There are cross-conference rivalries that happen, uh, and we hope that UW versus Wazoo will be one of them, but it's definitely not guaranteed, and it'll be interesting to see how Washington State responds after this. Uh, And that's something that is a huge, huge loss, and it loses to us the very fiber of why we care about college football and college sports. And I think that, to me, first and foremost, is... I mean, there's excitement around going to the Big Ten and that UW has been offered this life raft from the pack, whatever. But I think that to me is the most important thing to remember is that for these schools, this is a very, very, very sad day. But then also for the athletes who are not football players, who are not just playing in one game a week, for the athletes who all of a sudden are going to have their lives uprooted and have to travel instead of up and down the West Coast, right? If you're a softball player, if you're a gymnastics player, if you're in rowing, there are a lot of different sports that the University of Washington Athletic Department encompasses, and it's not just football. And it's unfortunate that because of football, this had to happen. So for those athletes, now all of a sudden, a one-hour plane ride, a two-hour plane ride is going to be a four-hour plane ride, a five-hour plane ride. There might be... uh, There might be different ways to mitigate this, but ultimately it's going to be worse and it's going to be more difficult and it's because of football. So I think, again, there's excitement around this and, but this is really a day of loss for a lot of people and a lot of institutions. Uh, And then on the flip side, it's exciting for UW starting new rivalries, starting playing against teams that we haven't seen that many times before, but also historical rivals, the the opportunity to play a team like Michigan more often, I think is exciting. Even seeing Oregon and Ohio state who have a bit of a rivalry built up, uh, having those games happen more often, I think will be exciting. And it'll be an interesting thing playing Nebraska more often. Who's been kind of a constant foil of UW throughout the last two decades and longer, uh, longer than longer than two decades, friend. Although there I guess are, I guess UW won in 1991 and 92, so they were not a foil at that point. But since know. since 1996, but th- there's a lot to figure out at this point, and a lot that 
we won't know what it looks like for probably a year and much longer beyond that, how things are going to shake out, how these rivalries are going to look, and also how much we care. Like, we know that we're going to care about UW football because the experience of going to Montlake, going to the games is very, very fun. Or we went there, we're, we're ingrained in it, but we don't know what it's going to be like to play against Iowa at 10.30 a.m. You know, like, we don't know what those experiences are like. We know what it's like going to the desert, and we know that we hate it. But this is a very different thing. You know, we haven't played against teams like the Big Ten all that often. So I think it's going to take it's going to take years and probably decades to really understand what this looks like and for all of conference realignment to shake out, because obviously this isn't the end. But first and foremost, I think thinking of our friends and family and fans of those institutions at Washington State and Oregon State today. I'm surprised that you're the one to deliver the smile monologue <laughs> to lead out the podcast. I mean, I do think it's interesting, like the tone on Twitter and particularly among the sports media is very like, this sucks. And one thing I'd say is, I don't know that fans are necessarily like get to the big 10 at all costs, but I think the, there's an interesting contrast. The natural contrast, like comparison point for conference realignment and college sports is the super league in soccer that was proposed in European soccer and fans like prevented that they actively prevented that by making it clear to the English teams in particular that they viewed it as unacceptable to leave their traditional rivals behind in the name of greater profits and greater competition. And I don't, I don't sense fans jumping on the track in the same way in college sports. Like no, it's the exact opposite in college sports. Yeah, where it's like, we can't get left behind in this competition. We need to be able to keep up with the Joneses. I think you might be tapping into an American mindset versus a European mindset. That's very plausible. But I I think that's interesting that that sentiment is being expressed in public. And then I feel like it might not be necessarily or, you know, among the media members who don't have the same vested stake as as fans. uh, And it's not necessarily matched. I I think that's one interesting point about this uh, that's happening. So. As we look at the machinations since we last recorded on Tuesday night, we have returned from on location <laughs> in desert air. We are we are back to our usual homes. It for a period of time, it looked possible that you know we the Arizona piece of this always seemed likely to happen, and then suddenly we woke up Friday morning and all of a sudden Arizona was committed to keeping the pack nine together. That was wild. Yes, and now it's UW and Oregon who appear to actually have pushed the button on, you know, further uh, taking away what this conference has been for a long period of time with their move to the Big Ten. The other question that loomed in the past 24 hours, and it's interesting to wonder, like, how much was this a legitimate discussion from the UW Board of the Washington Board of Regents as opposed to a negotiating ploy with the Big Ten? This case that like is a reduced share of the TV payouts going to be enough to cover the increased travel costs? Uh, playing in the Big Ten. And that, by all accounts, was a bigger issue for Washington because of their financial situation than it was for Oregon. And I do think if UW had decided not to join the Big Ten strictly because of what it meant for their finances in 2026, I don't think that would have been a mistake. Like, if they were doing it to keep this conference together, that's one thing. But this can't be a decision you make on a five-year timeline. I don't think it can be a decision you make on a five-decade timeline either because of the fact that we just know that conferences are going to look so different, that things are going to remain fluid for a long period of time. Hopefully, at some point, football will split off from the rest of conferences, and maybe at that point, you can resurrect something like what the Pac-12 was. 
on the West Coast, but it, until- it, it almost certainly will not include Washington State and Oregon State. Like at this point, those schools in particular, maybe you get Stanford, I, Cal, and the California schools. I think I, those schools are like, okay, so now this is a point I've made previously on the pod, but I want to come back to it because I actually looked it up today. The last FBS conference to go defunct in in uh, NCAA was the Yankee Conference, which was football only, in 1997. Like this idea that the Pac-12 is going to actually cease existing is nonsensical. It is not supported historically. It does not make sense. It's just the Pac-12 is going to become what the Mountain West was because a bunch of Mountain West teams will come from there to the Pac-12 to join the incumbent Pac-12 teams. That's the inevitable outcome of this. Like the branding of the Pac-12 is too strong. To The history is too strong for it to disappear entirely. That doesn't make any sense. It hasn't happened to an actual power conference since the Big 8 and the Southwest conferences merged in 1996. And you can to agree say the Big 12 is successor league to both of them. So the Pac-12 is not going anywhere. I'm saying... I think hypothetically, there's a scenario where, you know, the Pac-12 with 12 teams is a football conference, but then there's a 16-team version that also includes USC, UCLA, UW, and Oregon that plays non-football sports. Or maybe it's football and men's basketball gets separated off and, and the, or, you know, men's and women's basketball, which will create some interesting rivalries in its own. I do think one question is, like, do we think UW will be less competitive in the short-term making 65% of what its rivals in the con or, you know, somewhere between 50 and 70% of what its conference rivals are making in terms of TV money. Because like everyone was concerned about it. How do you keep up with the PAC 12s, you know, Apple deal from a national championship standpoint, but you'd be on the same level playing field as everyone else in that conference here. UW and Oregon are going in at a financial disadvantage relative to everyone else in the short term. I, I don't think that's going to make a big difference because because I think the difference between the money will be made up for in the recruiting advantages that they're going to have. Because right now on the West Coast, if there, there are going to be players who are noticing this, right? There are going to be players who are seeing that there are two conferences and there might be players who want to play in the Big 12, but there are two conferences ultimately that are going to be the weight of power in college football, the SEC and the Big 10, right? And so if you're in the Northwest, You've got Oregon to compete with. If you're in all of the state of California, you've got USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Like the players that UW is losing to Stanford, that might change. The players that UW is u- losing in the state of Texas to Big Twelve schools, that might change. I think the yeah, I still don't think you're you're ever going to recruit that well in Texas. I, I don't think Texas is going to come. And also, like the players who are willing to leave Texas, I think a lot of them are going to just go to uh, uh, other Big Ten schools that are not UW. I, I think I don't know a, if you're aware of it. The rest of the Big Ten is actually closer to Texas than UW is. There's a very good chance of them recruiting better within Washington State, recruiting better within the Northwest, recruiting better within California, recruiting better within Hawaii, recruiting better within Arizona. I think there is a good chance of that happening. So, like, I I don't think it'll make a big difference ultimately as far as quality of play. Uh, it's not like the Big Ten is so much better of a conference that they're entering into. It's a different style of play in the Big Ten, but also the Big Ten is going to look different now because there are four new schools in the Big Ten. So you can't just say that USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon are all of a sudden going to be playing different kinds of football. I think what's more likely to happen is those schools look more like us than we look like them. I suppose. I mean, I also think this whole like conference style of play is a little little overstated. Uh, you know, there are 
the the big 12 in particular has had a style of play but you know the pac 12 there's a lot of different styles stanford does not play the same way as oregon does not play the same way as usc does now does not say under lincoln riley does not play the same way as usc did when it was running the air raid like you know the things change rapidly from that standpoint i i think it is interesting to to think about also like one of the things i'm seeing you know today is like a lot of blame for Larry Scott, who I don't want to defend Larry Scott exactly because of the fact that like he did make a lot of extremely short-sighted decisions. The Pac-12 network was a boondoggle. The decision to make the Pac-12 conference offices in downtown San Francisco way more costly than they were out in Wal- Walnut Creek like made no sense at all. But I do think a lot of what's happening today and what we're seeing in conference realignment, it was inevitable. Like, the fundamental issue is something that we've talked about in this podcast for a long period of time. Number one, the fact that the Pac-12 was composed of schools in very different markets. And number two, the fact that college sports are not as central to the experience of West Coast colleges as they are in the South and the Midwest in particular. The center was not going to hold. And again, even if UW and Oregon had decided today to stick it out with the Pac-9 and you know, sign a grant of rights for a short period of time as part of this Apple deal. That doesn't mean that Washington State and Washington and Oregon and Oregon State were all going to stay in the same conference for 20 years. Like it was a question of win, not if. The market forces, once you accept that college sports is a capitalist industry and not, you know, a in outgrowth of student life, these sort of situations were going to happen. It's just a question of when and how it's going to happen. And then that's, I think, the standpoint from which I am relieved that UW ended up in the Big Ten because as I've said all along, there are no good outcomes now. There are only less bad outcomes. And there were a lot worse outcomes than this. Yeah. I, I think it was ultimately the second USC and UCLA left. This was we were on a collision course for this to happen. And it this this is where we ended up. It's something that I've been stressed about for literally a full year. Since July first, twenty twenty two, I have been stressed about this decision, making sure that or not even making sure I'm not doing anything to support it. But <laughs> Justin is, to be clear, not a member of the board of regents. I'm monitoring. I'm monitoring. Who's watching <laughs> the watchers? Uh, monitoring the situation for over a year, and to be at this point again, it's a relief. Ultimately, it's a sad relief to be at this place where you know that you're going to be as an institution. The University of Washington is going to be in one of the two big balance of powers within college sports. And that's an important place to be. Yeah, I mean, that's why, again, whatever financial disadvantages there are over the life of this TV deal for UW, and particularly when you factor in the travels situation, you still had to make this decision to set yourself up for whatever comes next, because you're going to be in a stronger position when the next Big Ten rights deal comes around. You're going to be a full part of that, surely, with Oregon. You know, those are the factors. It's like, you know... I, we'll see what ends up happening with NBA expansion, but Chris Hansen, when he was trying to move this the Kings to Seattle, was willing to accept a or no share of the TV revenue at all for a period of time, the national TV revenue at all period at all, uh, at all for a period of time, because he knew that eventually it was going to be so much more valuable. I think the other question here is that, like, will UW and Washington State continue to play? Because we've seen that play out in different situations throughout this conference realignment process. Like Kansas and Missouri, famously, when Missouri bolted for the SEC, Kansas was like, nope, the, the 
you know, the rivalry is over in men's basketball in particular, where it's probably most heated. I don't, we'll see what the reaction is from Washington state on this front. I think it's harder to hold that kind of a, you know, hard stance at this period point in time in conference realignment than it was then. I, I think you also have to understand that this was USC and UCLA who made this happen. UW and Oregon didn't start this conversation. They didn't push this. This was USC and UCLA who made it have to happen. It was Colorado. It was Arizona. It was other schools. This wasn't a choice that UW and Oregon were making intentionally. Again, I think if we all generally liked the conferences that we had, there was a way of life that we enjoyed. TV money got involved. The sport got way too big. The balance of money and power changed. The SEC happening. All it took was one little spark. One person being like, but what if we did it this way? And that thing set off. I mean, this happened. You could point back to the SEC championship game, right? Like there's a place decades ago that this started and it started very, very slowly. And it happened one team at a time. And now it's kind of domino affected to their big dominoes falling. And it's affected the entire Pac-12 and all of West Coast football. But it was something that's been going on for a very, very long time. And I, I, I think it would be hard for Wazoo to hold UW as accountable for this that's happening. But we'll see. I wouldn't blame them if they did at no. the same time. Uh, and that's the unfortunate part of it. But I'm curious also if football in particular, I, I think there are two truly national sports right now. I think that three. I think that the WNBA, the NBA, and the NFL are the only truly national sports in the U.S., And I think everything else is mostly it is national and regional at the same time. And college football has been that. And I don't know if I believe that college football, if this is going to make college football more of a national sport, I think it might make it less of a national sport. Because for us, we would pay attention. It was regional sport for sure. But I think it might even become more local when what we cared about was we cared about the Pac-12 in general. When the Seahawks drafted a player for the Pac-12, we were like, we knew them. We kind of liked them a little bit more than anybody else, even sure. if they played on a rival. And sometimes, especially it, if they played on a rival, I find it really hard to believe that we're going to care about the Big Ten organizationally in that same way. Maybe Minnesota still will. Maybe Iowa still will. But for us, I think this makes it more of a local sport than even a regional sport. And I think that college football in general, people are still going to be fans of all these schools going to different places. But if you're telling me the people of LA are going to give a fuck about what happens in Iowa versus Minnesota, right? In Northwestern versus Illinois, I do not believe that for a second. And I think that that's what ultimately is going to happen is this makes it less of a national sport aside from a handful of key games. And those games are going to be awesome, right? UW versus Michigan is going to be a huge game. UW versus Ohio State, Oregon versus Ohio State, those are going to be awesome games that we're going to see more often. But ultimately, there aren't that many of those on the schedule. You have to fill out the schedule with Maryland and Rutgers and teams like that. I have to learn all the fucking teams in the Big Ten. Like, there are a lot, there are a lot of very fun if we could If we could only bring back baby fantasy genius from 2018 to fill you in on what the teams are. But it's hard in a sport like this to really care about what's going on about something as far away as Rutgers and Maryland. You know, they aren't organ or they aren't institutions that I've cared about that much. So I think that this move makes it more of a local sport. We're going to care about what UW is doing. We're probably going to care about what the West Coast schools are doing. The little like West Fo- the West Coast uh, four pack in the Big Ten. But beyond that, I think it's going to be really, really difficult. And uh, I-, I think the-, the intention is to be different than that. 
And I think that this is a miss long term. I think the other thing that I'm going to be following in the next few days here is how what shakes out in terms of how the schedule is going to be done. Like, obviously, you're going to want these West Coast schools to play each other every year, which actually, as we talked about on the pod on Tuesday, means playing UCLA and USC would mean playing UCLA and USC much more often than UW has in the Pac-12 era, where you only play one of those teams per year uh, and you go two years without playing the other one uh, alternating basis. So that that's kind of a cool thing here. Obviously it's not as good as if Cal and Stanford had also been part of this expansion and you really had a full West coast division that you could play the bulk of your schedule against every year. Maybe at some point Stanford will come in with Notre Dame. It does feel like 20 games, 20 teams is easier to split up logistically than 18 teams is in terms of conferences. But We'll see. Like, there's still a lot to shake out. Uh, we'll see what what happens with the rest of the Pac-12. And uh, are you going to continue to monitor the conference realignment rumors, or are you just out now that we know where UW is headed? I, I mean, I'm going to pay less attention. Ultimately, like, I just don't think it can be the same. My focus on this was because of UW. It wasn't something that I necessarily cared that much about when it was OUT, right? when it was Oklahoma and Texas changing conferences. But once it affected me, once it got to my doorstep, then I cared about it. Yeah, exactly. So we will again be all over this situation as it develops and unfolds, but uh, certainly wanted to get something quick up up to you here quickly uh, today with the, it's not official yet, but but pretty clear the announcement that UW and Oregon are headed to the Big Ten. And with that, I got to go re- get ready to watch some unlimited hydroplane qualifying. And you and I eventually are going to uh, head together to the shores of Lake Washington to watch the Blue Angels this afternoon. There we because go. Some traditions do remain. On that note. Thanks for listening. Thanks.